We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. And boy, oh boy, was that a return to form for the 49ers, who pretty much crushed the Rams 24-9. Looked a little dicey at some points for the 49ers. Looked like they were going to let the Rams hang around. But a young man by the name of Talanoa Hufanga put the ultimate nail in the coffin with a Matthew Stafford pit six in the fourth quarter. Streaking down the sideline. Looked exactly like Fred Warner's interception of the Rams in 2019. Man, what a play. What a play. What a play. And that's my first takeaway from the game. Talanoa Hufanga is for real. You've been seeing his name all over social media. I think he's one of Pro Football Focus's top-ranked safeties of the season. We've seen him over and over throughout the three games, but you're always just wondering, now the fourth game, obviously, but you're always just wondering, you know, is it is it for real, or is it just kind of a splash of the pan? We, we see it before. Like, we've seen these players have these just, like, flashes of brilliance, and then kind of usually the league starts to humble them and, you know, whatever, whatever becomes of them. But so far, Hufanga has just looked like the real deal. He is moving at another speed on that field, which is kind of wild to say because the, the only 40 time I could find of his was from his USC Pro Day, which was a 4-6-1, which is not particularly fast. It's definitely not slow. It is definitely fast enough to play defense, especially that strong safety type of role. But the man just looks like he is flying out there. Like When he keys in on a play, he looks like he's literally moving twice as fast as everybody else on the field. I'm sure you guys out there listening can attest to this. It's just, he's a, a flash on the screen. And that's what you saw in his pick six. The Rams try to run a little screen to the right. The outside receiver, I believe, no, inside receiver uh, went to block down. Backside receiver stepped back. Fongo just shot up field 
um, tipped the ball kind of up in the air to himself, got a hold of it, took it to the house. No one had even remotely had a chance of stopping him. Just one of those legendary 49ers pick sixes. You know, should remind you a little bit of Navarro Bowman's uh, pick of the stick. Not quite as backed up into their own end zone. But man, same type of play. And what's funny is even Navarro Bowman kind of tipped it up to himself. So shout out to Hufanga because that was unbelievable. He's clearly a student of the game. You don't get to make plays like that where you perfectly read a play. Despite the risks involved, you have to understand the risk of committing to a play like that because if it's not actually that short throw and Matthew Stafford's just pump faking and then throwing it to a receiver downfield, you've now abandoned a massive portion of the defense. He may have just been responsible for the flat and that is what allowed him to play so aggressive, but man, you have to be confident, more than confident, convinced that that is the play that's going to happen when you make that type of move on a ball and whew, just cut right in front of it. Just a perfect football play for a defender. But again, you know that he just studies his opponents and is a true student of the game because that's what allows him to play this fast. You don't make these decisions on a football field at the speed that Hufanga does without studying to a point of building up that confidence in order to play defense like that. And I was a, a huge proponent of bringing back former 49ers safety Jaquaski Tart when he was released by I want to say the Eagles if I'm not if I'm not if I'm remembering correctly. Just because you know the 49ers looked like they were they were down Jimmy Ward. Now I was actually saying that despite Tart being more of a strong safety type like Kufanga is, I was saying hey you know what. He can. He's played free safety in the past. He's done it well. He had a one-handed interception against the Panthers way back when. Could be somebody they could bring in, but the play of Gibson plus Hufanga has just been outstanding. Now, I, I still believe that Jimmy Ward is a huge upgrade, but the way those two have been playing, the 49ers have just got to be thrilled with what they've gotten out of that pair so far. And my notes just in all caps, I always put my – like my my subject matter of whatever I'm taking notes on in all capitals, but still, Talanoa Hufanga is the real deal, and I can't wait to to read more about his game from a more analytical perspective. He finished the game with four tackles, one interception, one pass breakup, and obviously that interception was returned for six points. Man, what a game! The 49ers outclassed the Rams thoroughly. The off, I, I, you know, my next takeaway because I want to leave plenty of time for your takeaways that you guys have given to me on Twitter. But my next takeaway was the offensive line got it done. You had an offensive line that was down, Trent Williams. You have young, def- young offensive lineman in Aaron Banks, slightly more inexperienced slash unheralded offensive lineman in center Jake Brendel. Then you have Spencer Burford, who was in a rotation with Daniel Brunskill, the Aaron Donald Slayer, who might have maintained that reputation today. But I know that Daniel Brunskill was rotating in at right guard, which is Spencer Burford's spot. So we'll see how that goes, because Spencer Burford had been in at right guard since the start of the season, 
by all intents and purposes, has held his own. Has definitely not been perfect. But we'll see where Brunskill kind of adds into that mix. And then you had Mike McGlinchey at right tackle, who's usually a mixed bag. But that group allowed absolutely no sacks. Not a single sack. And they only allowed one quarterback hit by none other than Aaron Donald. What a performance by that group. What a performance. In terms of the rushing offense, they propelled the 49ers to four yards a carry, which I like to think of four yards per carry as like the threshold for goodness. I mean, if you wanted to be like a little bit more specific, you could say you could go 3.4 yards a carry because that gets you a first down in three plays, you know, third down, run it again, first down. But four yards a carry, that is solid. That always sets you up with third and shorts, and that's what you need. And the offensive line was a huge proponent of that. And it was all it was tough yards. There, the 49ers were committed to running the ball. They still ran it 22 times, which was more than the Rams could have, which is but is below kind of like that 30, 35 yard run threshold that we've kind of always associated with the 49ers and winning football is to hit that 30, 35 rush mark. They didn't hit that this game, but they were good enough. Minimal penalties. I think the offensive line may have had one on Spence on Jake Brendel, which was a holding. I believe that was the only penalty on the 49ers offensive line. I believe the 49ers as a whole only had, yeah, they only had four penalties for 25 yards. One of them was a, a pretty bullshit call on Fred Warner, who was dropping into zone coverage. Cooper Cup ran up to him, pushed him, pushed off of him to turn and kind of open himself up for a, like a hitch. And Fred Warner was flagged. It was, it was pretty bullshit. But anyways, very, very, very solid performance from the offensive line. A patchwork offensive line because you had Colton McKivitz coming in for Trent Williams. Colton McKivitz left the game, I believe, early in the second half due to a knee injury that Kyle Shanahan said was, Kyle Shanahan said was an MCL. Nothing more specific than that. Didn't know the severity. We'll see. Um, is it Javen Moore? Yeah, Javen Moore, Moore came in for to replace Colton McKivitz, who was replacing Trent Williams, and yet nobody got to Jimmy Garoppolo, which is outstanding. Now, a little bit of credit has to be given to Jimmy Garoppolo because he did have one escape where he put the moves on several Rams defenders, only ended up throwing it away, I believe, but did what he needed to do to get the ball away and avoid the sex, and that was impressive. And like I mentioned earlier, Aaron Donald was almost a non-factor in that game. I'm going to say he wasn't a factor because he did have two tackles for loss, two uh, great plays, uh, and he had a one quarterback hit. But he didn't seem like he influenced that game at all. The 49ers have, have found a way to contain Aaron Donald for the most part. Now, he still made his signature plays against the 49ers, obviously made them against other teams. but. Once again, they have found a way to just kind of neutralize his impact. And again, it's not making him invisible, but he certainly isn't having the impact that you would expect from an all-pro football master race, one of the greatest players to ever do it. You know, like he is the elite of the elite, and the 49ers in, in the past, or at least under Kyle Shanahan, have, for the most part, found a way to keep him under wraps, which is... uh a testament, again, to that offensive line. So that's my second takeaway. We've got Talanoa Funga is the real deal. 
Second line, second takeaway, the offensive line got it done. My third takeaway probably should have been my first takeaway. This defense is just unbelievable. I tweeted out that the, the defensive box score looks like a game of Minesweeper. If you don't know what Minesweeper is, I mean, you just you need to you need to fix yourself. Because they were just on fire. The Rams possessions, the the Rams offense. I'm gonna go. What, I mean, what? How have the Rams? The Rams were okay against the Cardinals. Where's that game at? They scored 20, and then in week two, uh, where's the Rams game at? They scored 31 against the Falcons, and then I know they got destroyed by the Bills. But again, something we talked about before this game: the last time the Rams faced a really good defense which was week one against the Bills, and they scored 10 points. Y'all listening, you heard me talk about this, and that kind of gave me some confidence towards what the 49ers were going to be able to do to them. You know, scoring 31 against the Falcons, probably not a, a tip in anybody's cap. You know, and then only being able to put up 20 against the Cardinals. Now that's a division game. Those are different. But then you come to the 49ers game, and all of a sudden, you know, an absolutely elite defense, and the Rams can only manage nine points. And if you go to the Rams' possessions, first possession of the game, held to a field goal, punt, punt, held to a field goal, punt, held to a field goal, punt, interception, fumble, game over. You're talking about right here in the third quarter where it's essentially go, no, go time, where you win games, and then obviously the fourth quarter is the witching hour where losses becomes wins and wins become losses. And all the Rams could manage was punt, interception, fumble, game. That is the defense putting it on them. That is impressive. That is impressive against a very respectable Rams defense. But again, a Rams defense, a Rams, excuse me, Rams offense that has shown itself to be a little finicky against top defenses. Now, uh, most offenses are finicky against top defenses, but that's that's an impressive showing for the 49ers to shut down a Sean McVay-led offense with Matthew Stafford, with Cooper Cup, with Taylor Higby, with Allen Robinson. I mean, it's a good offense. It's a good offense. I mean, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was targeted 19 times. Tyler Higby was targeted 14 times. That is absurd. Matthew Stafford threw the ball 48 times but only managed 250 Four yards. Jimmy Garoppolo threw it almost half and almost tied him in yardage for 239. Jimmy Garoppolo, 27 attempts. Matthew Stafford, 48. God, man, that guy. Matthew Stafford was running for his life because the 49ers sacked him seven times. Jimmy Garoppolo, zero sacks. Matthew Stafford, seven times. The 49ers defense held the Rams to 3.5 yards per play and 3.2 yards per carry. They stepped up when they were needed most. They kept that fourth quarter slate clean. And man, I mean, it was all over the place. And it could have been worse. It could have been worse in terms of what the 49ers defense was doing to the Rams. I mean, it was... Unreal. Tashawn Gibson dropped an interception in the end zone. Fred Warner dropped what probably would have been a pick six. 
And that's in addition to what we already saw. These guys were playing out of their minds. Out of their minds. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The 49ers had one interception return for an in, a, a touchdown. They could have had two interceptions return for a touchdown and then a third in their own end zone for a touchback. I mean, just an absolutely dominant performance. The 49ers defense has allowed 46 points in four games on the scoreboard. But then when you go and look at, I believe it was the Seahawks game, their only touchdown of that game was a kick returned for a touchdown, a blocked kick returned for a touchdown. So that's actually seven points less. The 30s, they're averaging like nine points a game. That's unreal. I want to know where that stands in the test of time to be averaging nine points a game as a defense, giving up nine points a game. That's pretty unbelievable. I mean, these aren't just box score stats. This is just dominance. Dominance held the Rams to five of 15 on third downs. Again, only managed 3.5 yards per play. Held them to 57 total yards rushing. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. The Rams outmatched the 49ers in time of possession, 34 minutes to 25 minutes, which is a large gap in the NFL, and they still couldn't make anything of it. Man. What a performance. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, Talanoa Hufunga is the real deal. The offensive line got it done. The defense is unreal. Jimmy Garoppolo was serviceable. Now, that is not a compliment. He only completed 59% of his passes for 239 yards and one touchdown. But, and I believe he missed. Now, he did make a great throw to George Kittle, who couldn't get that second foot in bounds for a touchdown. but. 49ers ended up going for electing to score a field goal. I believe there was a Brandon Ayuk running wide open right next to George Kittle on a a little uh, whip route, you know, a slant that you turn around and turn into an out route. I believe that was the same exact play. So, I mean, credit for making a good throw to George Kittle who couldn't get his foot down, but also minus same credit for missing an open Brandon Ayuk. Missed some routes, but I mean, that's business as usual. One of the routes he missed was Kyle Yushet kind of running down the seam. This There was a free safety above him, but if it were like any type of a, a pop pass, just kind of a quick 
right over the linebacker type throw, it, the safety wouldn't have had a chance to get there. But there was a Aaron Donald in his face. I believe that was Aaron Donald's one quarterback hit was on that play. But again, no turnovers, no fumbles. 16 of 27 for 239 yards, one touchdown, and a 100.7 rating. Targeted Debo, Debo Samuel seven times, Brandon Ayuk four times, and only missed one pass between the two of them. Should have had three third-down conversions to Juwan Jennings himself, but he dropped one. Actually, the one that he dropped wouldn't have gotten the conversion, but it would have set them up in a position where they probably would have thought about going for it on fourth down. But again, a perfect, a clean sheet for Jimmy Garoppolo, not without mistakes. Even the play, the huge play to Debo Samuel that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, was he was almost lucky that he threw it high. I don't know if it was on purpose because that defender was kind of streaking to cut that pass off, just like Talano Hufunga did on his. But it was thrown a little high, and Jimmy Garoppolo jumped just a little higher than the Rams defender and was able to reel that down and turn it into a massive play. Like I mentioned earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo did a good job of avoiding one sack and just kind of making sure it was a play that they can, you know, they can live for another play essentially. But good game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Nothing stellar, nothing incredible. But when your defense is this good, that is what they're going to need from Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going to need him to take care of the football, take what the defense gives him, try not to miss open receivers, which he did a few times. I don't mean reads wise, I mean just like straight up missing an open Juwan Jennings on third down who was running a post and probably could have had a decent amount of yards after the catch. But it is what it is. Every quarterback's going to miss throws. Um, but he took care of the football, didn't fumble, didn't have any interceptions. I don't even really remember him other than that Debo throw, which turned into a massive play anyways. I don't even really remember him having any, cl- having any close calls. So good for Jimmy Garoppolo. Looked much, much, much better than he did last week against the Rams. And at this point, that is all that you can ask for. So... Talno Hufunga is the real deal. The offensive line got it done. The defense is unreal. Jimmy Garoppolo was serviceable. Debo Samuel also unreal. This guy had over 100 yards after the catch. Averaged 19.2 yards per reception. Took a three-yard Jimmy Garoppolo throw to the house. Broke about three tackles. Ran right over Jalen Ramsey. Allowed George Kittle to get a block for him, and then Brandon Ayuk got another block for him where he pancaked a Rams defender on the goal line. Took it to the house. Just an absolute signature Debo Samuel play. When you think of the plays that Debo Samuel makes and the reason he's being paid what he's being paid and the reason this offense runs through him, those are the plays you think of. Taking a a little step back route, I believe, I don't think that was the slant. Maybe it was. Yeah, I believe it was a slant. couple steps, turned in. It was a quick slant. Jumped up, grabbed the ball, and then just made magic happen. And, and one of the great things that I mentioned just now is Debo Samuel reading blocks, seeing his tight ends out in front of him, allowing himself to slow, to let those blocks develop, cut inside, run right over Jalen Ramsey, who was clearly upset throughout the rest of the game. And then, I mean, you've got Brandon Ayuk blocking 50 yards downfield. I can tell you from personal experience, getting receivers to play like that is not easy. 
getting them to realize that it's not all about getting the ball on every play and that you can be the reason we score a touchdown without even being targeted in a pass game is not an easy experience for a wide receiver. And Kyle Shanahan's got those guys blocking 50 yards downfield. Good run games happen when the offensive line blocks well. Great run games happen when the receivers block their ass off. And that is where this team is. George Kittle was blocking 25 yards downfield. Two tight ends were blocking 25 yards downfield. And there's Brandon Ayuk right down there at the goal line, pancaking a Rams defender so so Debo Samuel can run right in. I mean, that is just, that is great football right there. Debo Samuel putting the team on his back just like he did all last year. I mean, come on, dude. What? And, you know, you had another, I believe it was like third and 16, third and 17. They just throw up a little screen pass. It gets blocked up well, well by those same receivers. Then an offensive lineman and a tight end, and he takes that for about 30-something yards. He is just special. And, man, it never gets old. It never gets old. Kyle Shanahan has to do, has to get the ball to Debo Samuel. He also had two carries for one yard. Good for him. I mean, hey, it's a thing. Absolutely, excuse me. Two carries for two yards. One yard per carry average. Couldn't leave it out. It's a, it's a part of his game. It's a part of his story. Some other standouts. Nick Bosa. I mean, the dude from a basic box score standpoint. Nick Bosa had three tackles, two sacks for 10 yards, five quarterback hits, and two tackles for loss. I also saw by, I believe, John Owning on Twitter, Dallas Cowboys guy, said that initially pro football focus had Nick Bosa um, marked down for 14 pressures. 14 quarterback pressures. Now, there was another quote tweet of that tweet talking about just how uh, in rare company that is. Let me see if I can find it. It might be hard for me to find because there's a ton of Coke cheats. Here it is. Um, Brad Spielberg, also of PFF. Holy smokes, if it holds up on review, that would be the second 14 pressure game of the last seven plus years. Who else? Shocker. Aaron Donald in week 14 last season. There hasn't been a 15 pressure game since J.J. Watt in 2014. Nick Bosa is in rare company. And I have said multiple times on this podcast that Nick Bosa may be on track for a 20-sack game. I think he is the leading candidate. Now, Mika Parsons is giving him for a run for his money. But I feel like Nick Bosa is the leading candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. And I do believe that he will hit 20 sacks. Right now, he has six on four games. So what's what's the math there? Let's let's do some quick goober math that I'm probably going to make harder uh, than I need to. Okay, so they played four games. Uh, 17 divided by four equals... Nope, nope, my calculator messed up. So I'm doing this with you guys. 17 divided by four is 4.25. That's easy, 4.25. Nick Bosa has... Um, Six sacks in four games. So let's do six divided by four equals 1.5. So he's Nick Bosa is averaging 1.5 sacks per game. So let's do, I don't know why I did the other one, by the way. 1.5 times 
17 is 25 sacks. If Nick Bosa can continue at this average, damn. If he, I mean, he would, he could break the NFL sack record. And that is not out of the question. Period. What is the NFL sack rate record? Is it 22? I remember talking about it a lot when, when Alden Smith was doing the thing. Uh, no, that's the all-time sack record. That's Reggie White, 124 sacks in 121 games. That's uh, uh, absolutely absurd. 22.5 sacks, I believe. Yep, Michael Strahan and TJ Watt, 22.5 sacks. So Nick Bosa is is on track. He's on track. So, I mean, it's only been four games, and paces rarely hold up. But, I mean... That's Nick Bosa for you, folks. It is what it is. Another standout, Diamador Lenore. Diamador Lenore steps in again for his second start at the nickel cornerback role and got himself some solo attention on Monday Night Football on ESPN. Following Cooper Cup one-on-one on third down and blanketing him. Now, I'm sure he gave up some catches. It is Cooper Cup, but Diamador Lenore was one of our players to watch before the game in terms of trying to limit limit what Cooper Cup was able to do. Now, again, can you really limit a player that's going to be targeted 19 times? Probably not. I mean, he had 14 catches for 122 yards. That's only 8.7 yards a catch, and he didn't score a touchdown. Compare that to, I mean, Debo only had six catches, but he had 19.2 yards a catch. So, Diamador Lenore... A really a bright spot. And and to know that Sam Womack is behind him, a rookie who also started the season off well, and that just shows you how much faith the 49ers had in Diamondor Lenore to put him ahead of Sam Womack, who by all intents and purposes has been pretty good so far. Dre Greenlaw, shout out to Dre Greenlaw, had a few bad moments last week, but he led the team with 15 combined tackles and one tackle for loss. Holding it down right there next to Fred Warner. And, you know, a lot more is on his plate now that Aziz Shair is no longer uh, no longer right next to him. So, um, you know, good game for Greenlaw. Fred Warner was all over the place. He had nine tackles, nine total tackles. Just seemed like he was constantly around the ball. I'm going to give him a little slap on the wrist for dropping what, what should have been a pick six. But, hey, man, like you are the quarterback of one of, if not the best defense in the NFL right now. He just deserves credit. And like I said, he's just constantly around the play. And, uh, you know, you need a guy like that. He also got a little one-on-one highlight himself, locking down Cooper Cup one-on-one in the red zone. Matthew Stafford targeted Cup, and Fred Warner was there to break it up. Pretty impressive showing for the 49ers All-Pro Fred. I loved it. I loved it. So I actually just clicked off of it. Let's get to your takeaways. Oh, takeaway time. It was so nice to do a takeaways that didn't involve the 49ers losing. Like, I was just so happy to be able to do that with you guys and it not be a bad thing. So here we are. It's takeaway time. The 49ers beat the Rams 24-9. Hit me with your takeaways, and we'll talk about them on tonight's episode of Striking Gold. So without further ado, let's get it rolling. The first one, unfortunately, is Shanahan loses a lot. Didn't lose this one. 49ers overcame injuries to play a clean game and absolutely dominated the Rams' offense. No touchdowns by Matthew Stafford. Game ball to Greenlaw and Hufanga. I agree. I agree. I'm giving my game ball to Hufanga. 
Uh, but you can give them to both. Like I said, Greenlaw led the team in tackles far and away, six more than Fred Warner. Uh, I'm, you know, tackles can be a deceiving stat. I mean, nobody gives a shit about a linebacker making tackles, you know, after they've gained six yards or whatever it is. Um, but it, it may have been a much better game than that for Dre Greenlaw. So shout out to Dre Greenlaw. Um, Zan Vero AO, how long till Hufunga has his first shampoo commercial? Oh, I mean, it's prob they're probably already filming it or at least working out the contract details. Um, I mean, maybe we can get Dr. Disrespect in on that one with the black steel, the bulletproof mullet. I, I mean, it- it's already got to be happening. They have to get Troy Palomalu and Talanoa Hufunga on the same commercial. It would be like a Dragon Ball Z type hair power up. Just anyways, Marcelo Santavica defense, period. I agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. JB said they should very easily be 4-0. It's a hard fact. That's the, the, the sobering part about the NFL is wins and losses are so... You walk a, a razor-thin margin all season. You know They should have beaten the Bears. They let that one slip away. They should have beaten the Broncos. They let that one slip away. But you know they're 2-2, two and, two, and they're first place in the NFC West. For how bad they started it, just eating hump piece of humble pie after humble pie, they 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 could be riding the ship. And next week they get the Carolina Panthers, who have not looked good. So let's you know it's it's a decent little momentum ball rolling down the snowy hill right now. Pablo Juarez, Kyle got his mojo back. It sure looked like it. I mean, you've got a Rams defense that may not be stacked with talent, but they know exactly for what the 49ers are going to throw at them. At the very least, they're very familiar with what the 49ers like to do. And Kyle Shanahan dialed it up well. I mean, in terms of, uh, of a comparison sink, the 49ers averaged 6.7 yards a play to the Rams 3.5. Almost double what the Rams were able to produce. And so, yeah, I, I think, Pablo, it's, it's fair to say that Kyle was a little... Dipping his hand into his bag tonight. It, 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 it seems solid. Enrique Gonzalez, defense is a monster. We talked about it, man. I mean, it, it really does not get much better than that. And to think of that, it could have been worse. It could have been more dominant with those dropped interceptions. That's special. That's special. Mochalicious uh, highlighted a clip from the broadcast talking about the 49ers winning their seventh straight regular season game versus the Rams. Uh, like it's uh, you know obviously it says regular season the 49ers have have beat the Rams seven times in a row during the regular season obviously they lost in the NFC championship game they would trade all seven of those regular season wins if it meant beating the Rams in that championship game but it doesn't matter I mean seven straight in the regular season that is that's unbelievable that is strong and it's not like the Rams have been bad in that time. They've always been good for every single one of those regular season wins. That's impressive. Grayson Michael, this defense might be better than the Harbaugh era. Um, I agree. As of right now, I think it is. I think this is the best defense we've seen on the 49ers maybe ever. I mean, again, you're talking about a defense that is averaging, like giving up like nine point something yards a game. That is unbelievable. That That is Elite, elite of the elite status. Um, can they maintain that? They've got a game against the Chiefs coming up in a few weeks. Can you bring that to bear against an offense like that? Travis Jenkins says first place. Yes, sir. 
Coach Aaron, I think we may have the best secondary, and that's without Jimmy so far. It certainly has done its job. Now, again, that secondary gave up, you know, uh, 14. Between Cup and Higby, they gave up 24 catches for 200 yards. You know, but there was not a touchdown there. And again, every time it seemed like they were giving up those receptions, it was like, all right, we'll give you this, but you ain't going to get this. And the Rams never got into the end zone. So I do think their secondary is very strong. Emmanuel Mosley's playing great. Traverius Ward seems worth every penny. And Jimmy Ward, like you said, Aaron isn't isn't even out there so far. And Gibson's been playing great in his absence. And Talanoa Hufunga has just been the absolute most pleasant surprise of this season, I think is fair to say. James said this defense has the chance to be the best ever for the 49ers. Yep, absolutely. I agree. Dougie McVlady. The D was brilliant, 22 and 19 with outstanding runs. Yeah, you know, one person I forgot to mention completely, and shame on me, was Jeff Wilson Jr., who had 18 carries. The next highest, the next person with the most carries had two, which was Devo Samuel. So Jeff Wilson was the 49ers run game. 18 carries for 74 yards. That's 4.1 yards per carry. Uh, Solid game, and he had a touchdown um, on the 49ers. Was it the first drive of the game? It was. Jeff Wilson Jr., right through the middle of the Rams defense, takes it for a 32-yard touchdown. Very impressive. Um, thank you, Dougie, for mentioning Jeff Wilson Jr. I'm, I'm glad that I didn't completely forget him, thanks to you. Chuck King, good Jimmy Knight, and good God, that defense. Yep, good Jimmy Knight. Not a great Jimmy Knight. I believe I texted my buddy Bobby. Shout out to Bobby. Um, on a scale of Jimmy to 10, Jimmy was closer to 10 than he was Jimmy. So that's how I rate that on the old, uh, the old Jimmy scale. Now, keeping it 100, putting all my cards on the table. This is me picking back up the podcast after accidentally muting my mic for the last eight minutes. I have actually already finished the takeaways but didn't realize that somehow while adjusting my mic, I hit the mute button and I recorded eight minutes of takeaways completely muted, which I mean, if for a 40 something minute podcast, I guess it could have been a lot worse than eight minutes, but I'm just keeping it real with you guys. I am now going back and picking up where I left off on the takeaways and we're going to continue on like it never matters. So uh, shout out to uh, shout out to Tyler, who's going to do an amazing job editing this. Um, but I, I just, I, I just think it's hilarious the fact that I would screw up like that. But hopefully, I'm not like skipping over a, a, a takeaway because I went back to my Twitter thread, and I hope Twitter didn't like jumble them up and and make it to where I'm repeating one or, 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 or skipping over one. So if I do repeat one, or if I do skip one, I'm sorry. Um, but you know, that's my bad. We all, we all slip up. You know, it's the first four. It's the beginning of the season for me too. All right, Paul Yufanga. Pro Bowl, book it. Yep, talked about it. We know it. I think, I mean, playing at this level, not only is he in line for a Pro Bowl, but he could be in line for all pro. Golden era, best defense in the league, but can Kyle trust his offense enough not to burn that defense out? I agree, man. And that's what we mentioned on the last pod. Like one of my biggest trepidations right now is can Kyle, this offensive guru, get that offense to a point where it is it is supporting the defense. It is, it is doing what it needs to make the defensive sacrifices worthwhile. Like every time that defense forces a three and out, the 49ers offense needs to come out there and get some points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. 
Like it, it can't just always be the defense and the offense just goes out there, puts around, and then puts the defense back out there. That's kind of what happened against the Broncos. And eventually, Russell Wilson was allowed to do his thing. So I, I love that takeaway and the fact that Kyle Shanahan needs to ensure that his offense can take advantage of what the 49ers defense is giving them. Rob Thompson, this D is as dominant as I ever remember as a Niners fan. Legit and much better play from the O-line tonight. Jimmy had time, made some great throws, would like to see more consistently in the run game. Broke some good runs tonight, but for the most part, it was two to three yards a pop. You know what, and, and, and I agree with that, but you 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 continue to smash for those two to three yards a pop so that that 32-yarder to Jeff Wilson breaks. You know, it, that is just staying consistent with the run game eventually gets you that. And what it eventually gets you was towards the end, towards the fourth quarter, I don't know if you guys noticed, but all of a sudden those runs that were two to three yards a pop started to turn into six, seven, eight yards when the 49ers should have scored a touchdown, but they ended up kicking a field goal. Um, that was when I think you had like three runs in a row from Jeff Wilson Jr. that were around eight yards. Then Kyle Yushek had one run that was like seven yards. And that is why you continue to pound that two to three yards a pop so that you can you can earn in that second half those longer runs. So, But I, I get it. You know, it's hard watching the defense continually set itself up with, with second, third, and long. But I believe Kyle Shannon commits to that for that very reason. Adrian, my takeaway is needing a Fonga jersey ASAP, but it was good to see us getting the ball to our playmakers again. Needed to get more Kittle more involved, though. Yeah, I believe Kittle's involvement was more tailored towards the pass protection game. Um, uh, again, my buddy Bobby, I mentioned it to him. He had Kittle in fantasy, and he's like, damn, Kittle's not doing anything. And I was like, yeah, I think he's staying in to help with the fact that you've got Colton McKivitz stepping in for Trent Williams, who then had to be replaced by um, Jalen Moore. So I believe that this was kind of just one of those games where Kittle had to bite the bullet and stay in and just help pass protect. So the, those that zero Jimmy Garoppolo sacks, a huge part of that is um, thanks to George Kittle. Wes Allred, Baker Mayfield is in trouble next week. Yeah, Baker Mayfield has not been good. Um, I mean, you go and look at his performances so far this season. I mean, 7.4 QBR against Arizona, 11.4 QBR against Orleans, 15.1 QBR Giants, 35.9 against Cleveland. Just gross, gross performance so far. Uh, 54% of his passes for four touchdowns and three interceptions. I think he's like statistically and, and by some more advanced analytics playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So the 49ers should be able to get after Baker Mayfield next week. Um, CM says we need to let Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw rest up. Having them both banged up this early isn't good. I agree. Uh, I don't know what the 49ers are going to do with need to do with Kinlaw. It seems like his knees are just constantly a problem going all the way back to college. Eric Armstead did start the game, but he came back out. I I'm assuming it was due to the same plantar fasciitis that he's been dealing with. Um, he probably just tried to play through it and it proved a little too painful. Uh, I don't know what the 49ers are going to be able to do to help him get through that, but hopefully they can give him enough rest to uh, for him to be able to play cleanly all the way through later in the season, possible playoffs. Luke Farrington, O-line stood up real well. Yes, yes, they did. Zero sacks for the old Jimmy G. Um, also, CM, offense needs to score more. Every Everything can't be a three-yard pass to Debo. Do the rest. Yeah, I agree. You can't necessarily rely on those incredible Debo plays. I mean, he's going to continue to make plays, but it just can't be part of a game plan. So hopefully the 49ers can continue to move the ball consistently on offense just to uh, to make sure that defense isn't being held out to dry. 
Um, so, Graz, assuming they stay healthy, the defense is good enough to be just an average offense to the Super Bowl. Uh, it is. I, I agree. As long as that offense can stay average, because we saw what happens. Like, they were not average against the Broncos, and they lost the game. But if that offense can stay average like they were, I would say, tonight against the Rams, then yes. they. I mean, they just beat the defending Super Bowl champion. Offense was still a little least iffy. Don't you think you can rely on Debo play every week? Uh, is that lack of Kittle the problem? Like I said, I think the Kittle was not. I think actually the lack of Kittle in this game actually helped the offense because he was helping pass protect. Um, so I would say that that Kittle was a reason the offense looked better, um, especially when you don't have a Trent Williams. We'll see if there's a lack of Kittle once Trent Williams gets back into the fold. Uh, Ray Ray makes me clench every time he returns. Yeah, Ray Ray has always had a uh, Ray Ray McLeod has always had a fumbling problem. I don't understand at this point why he's not just carrying the football inside of his jersey. It's just, it's bad. Omar Figueroa, defense. Love you, Omar. Uh, Puel, 49ers, Lakers, Dodgers, USC. I, I actually missed the USC and plugged it in at the end. Uh, I'm about to land at the Ontario airport. Shout out to the Ontario airport, which he tagged in the tweet. They have four followers. Just turned on my phone to check the score. Niners, let's go. Let's go, Puel. Um, Charlie Baker, that touchdown catch and run by Devo is proof they need to stomp with all the runs and just throw it to him. He's a legit receiver, not a perfect throw by any means, but he has some space and can break some easy DB tackles instead of linebackers on a run up the gut. I mean, I said this earlier, hopefully I'm not repeating this, but I, maybe the Debo runs up the gut are setting, setting up the runs on the outside. Um, but I feel like Debo's defenses are going to key in on Debo no matter what. So I don't know. I mean, Kyle Shannon's a master of doing one thing to set up something later. So maybe there's a reason he's doing those DB, those Debo runs up the gut. And, and you know, he's, it's hard because Debo Samuel's always just one broken tackle away from taking it to the house. And he can do that on the inside and outside. But I do agree with you, though. You know, a, a run game can still be, you know, those screen passes to receivers is still considered part of the run game. So I do they think they need to keep doing that because Debo Samuel can straight up punish DBs. Alan Chee. Good thing this team has good depth all around. We're seeing again that it's a requirement for Kyle's teams who are consistently the most injured in the league. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man, but this 49ers team is constantly battling significant injuries to its best players, but I don't know what it is. Mike McVay, friend of the pod, shout out to Mike. Damn, Rob, I was so hyped for this game. They played brilliantly. I know we all got the tight butt squeeze when Gould missed the field goal, but Hufanga came through. Time to ride this train. Defense was lights out again. Yeah. Robbie Gould with a rare miss um, from about 42 yards out, I believe, which would have put the 49ers up by two scores. But again, uh, I think on the very next series was when um, Hufanga took it to the house. So, uh, you know, that's that's teamwork. You know, y'all thinking about Tenacious D. Anyways, last one, David. Two game balls, Hufanga and Debo. I mean, easy choice for sure. With McVay's photographic memory, he is getting a massive album on regular season games. Yeah, you would think that photographic memory would have at least benefited him to some extent in in relation to trying to predict what the 49ers are doing, whatever. But, I mean, that's seven regular season wins in a row for the 49ers over the Rams. So, anywho, anywho. Well, hey, that is me redoing the takeaways. So, I, I mean, like I said, you shouldn't ever be hearing them, but that is my second time doing about that last nine minutes of takeaways. So, hey, I, I mean, I freaking appreciate it, dude. I love that the fact that these takeaways have become uh, kind of a mainstay of the pod. Thank you for participating in, in them. Thank you for just making your voice a part of the podcast, you know, rather than 
as opposed to doing like a live pod, which I should still try and do at some point and let you guys call in or whatever. But this is kind of like that. You guys get to call in through Twitter and I am reading your tweets live on the air, as they would say. So I appreciate, thank you for everybody who participates in those, who's consistently participating in those. Spread the word, tell your tell your friends. When you leave a comment, hit the retweet button on the tweet so more people will see it. We'll get more takeaways. Um, but yeah, great win for the 49ers. I mean, you got my takeaways. They were all positive. There wasn't a whole lot to be upset about in that game. And uh, a must-win game for the 49ers, who are now first in the NFC West um, with a 2-0 record in the division. The entire NFC West is 2-2. But like I said, the 49ers are 2-0 in the division, and that gives them the first-place nod. So, And to me, the 49ers, if they can beat the Rams, uh, they should be the best team in the NFC West. You know, If they can continue to, to have that edge over the Rams and if they can deliver against the Cardinals, and uh, there's no excuse for them not to be figuring out a way into the playoffs. So it's up to them from now. And still, still plenty of football left to play. But I will see you guys later this week. Um, and when we break down their uh, breakdown, I mean, whatever news that comes out throughout the season, and we can talk about what the uh, what the Panthers have to offer the 49ers. I mean, they still have a dude named uh, Christian McCaffrey that can get squirrely. But I mean, man. He's on my fantasy team, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to start him against the 49ers. We'll see. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Please leave us a positive review on whatever application you're listening to the pod if you uh, feel like we deserve it. And, man, and that, that's it. Y'all know what it is. I, eventually, I got to get out of here, and eventually, I got to get out of your speakers because you're probably ready to move on to another podcast. Maybe Candlestick Chronicles, also of the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to Chris Biederman, Kyle Madsen. Anyways, love you guys. Um, But hey, for another episode, I'm Rob. This is Dragon Gold. We're signing out.